the next time you see a flock of migrating birds fly by, take a second to stop and appreciate what's happening overhead. You're seeing an incredible feat of animal navigation, one that uses a subtle and amazing physics trick. Some birds fly thousands of miles uh, in the spring and the autumn to get between their wintering grounds and their breeding grounds. And they have a variety of sources of directional information, like the sun and the stars, and sometimes their sense of smell helps them. But it's quite clear that they also have a magnetic compass, which must be helpful in finding their way. Scientists think they're now closer than ever to understanding this sixth sense in birds. I'm Mike Luzabella, and this week on the Physics Central podcast, how one of the most common proteins in living things might hold the key to this impressive trait. So I'm talking with the biophysical chemist, Peter Hoare. I'm in the Department of Chemistry at the University of Oxford in the UK. I met him at this year's APS March meeting in San Antonio. And he was telling me about trials going back decades, indicating that many species of birds inherently know which direction north is, no matter what their surroundings. So those were experiments which were first done in the 1960s, in which birds were tested in the laboratory uh, during the migratory season, and they were put into funnel-shaped cages. And the direction in which they wanted to get out of the cage was the direction in which they wanted to fly. And then what was done was to change the magnetic field they experienced, just to rotate it so that it would point, um, say, 90 degrees rotated. And then the birds would try to get out of their funnels in a 90-degree shifted direction and under circumstances when they had no other directional information. Magnetic fields can be easily perturbed, so researchers have to be very mindful about the materials they're using when setting up these experiments. One of my collaborators is in, is in Oldenburg in Germany, and so he tests the birds in wooden huts, the same kind of wooden shed you'd put up in your garden. And this is so that the Earth's magnetic field is not perturbed by iron rods in the concrete structure of a normal building. And he has these on the campus of the University of Oldenburg. And then he has built three-dimensional magnetic field coils. So this is a cube of about two meters uh, on a side. And by passing carefully controlled currents through these coils, he can dial up any magnetic field he likes and then see how the birds respond to it. But what's the mechanism behind that? There's a protein in birds' eyes, which, based on what we know about its photochemistry, seems to make it the best bet. So what we think is that there is a protein called cryptochrome and that when you shine light on this, sunlight, this produces short-lived molecules inside the protein and it's these that are sensitive to the Earth's magnetic field. Now, there are still a lot of uncertainties about the process, but generally what scientists think is when light hits one of these cryptochromes, it produces a chemical entity called a radical, which are both magnetic and very reactive. And these trip off some kind of chemical reaction, which Hoare is still investigating, and which ultimately winds up as a nerve signal to the bird's brain. And he thinks also that this all likely takes place in the bird's eyes. I think it may be um, vision. Um, the, the cryptochromes that do this are in the retina, so they're in the right place to piggyback the visual reception system. There are clear advantages one could see in that the, the visual system is incredibly sensitive uh, the eye can detect single photons of light. And so it's possible that nature has piggybacked that biochemistry to give a very sensitive detection of these magnetic field signals. Though only first discovered in the early 1990s, these proteins have since been found almost everywhere in nature, with different living things using them in different ways. 
Cryptochromes are very, very widespread, um, and they have a variety of functions. The, the one that's best understood is to regulate our circadian clocks. And when I say our, it's responsible in humans for this as well, as in many, many other animals. And for sure, at least one of the four cryptochromes in birds will have that function. So it's not a light-dependent function there, but um, it's what keeps us ticking over with a 24-hour rhythm. Cryptochromes were first discovered in plants, where they regulate growth. Um, in insects, they control the ability the flies have to climb. And there are probably many other functions that we don't yet understand. And so it's possible that magnetoreception in birds and possibly other animals is yet another um, ill-understood function of these proteins. Hoare is coming at this research from a very fundamental angle, and there's a long way to go before definitively saying this is how the birds do it. Well, we've studied the uh, purified proteins and shown that they are magnetically sensitive, but that, of course, doesn't mean that they can be magnetically sensitive inside a bird's eye. So one kind of experiment one can do is to try and prevent this protein being produced temporarily in the bird's eye. So this is quite difficult to do. I mean, it's not like um, fruit flies where you can do all sorts of genetic manipulations. But so what could be done would be to stop each of the four pro cryptochrome proteins that are known in birds, stop it being produced in the eye one at a time, and see if any one of those then prevents the birds from being able to reorient in a magnetic field. Such an experiment would really take the field in whole new directions, and that's just what Hoare and his team are planning on doing. So it's, it's, it seems to be the technology for the biochemistry is reasonably well established, but what it hasn't been shown yet that it is possible to do it on the birds. So the, the initial experiments will be done on domestic chickens um, to check that the technology really works before trying it on migratory birds. After this proof of concept on chickens, they want to try their technique on birds that really do fly south for the winter, ones whose natural compasses they've been testing for years. So most of the experiments are done on European robins. Um, they're common, they're easy to catch, um, and then easy to keep. Uh, they're also small, which has uh, an advantage. Many migratory birds are much bigger. Over the course of these early tests, they noticed something unusual on campus. Well, one th observation that was published last year um, on the birds in Oldenburg was that they could not use their magnetic compass. This was really very unusual, unless they were shielded from the electromagnetic noise on the university campus just generated by all sorts of electrical equipment. Um, Mauritson had to put in uh, aluminum sheets on the walls of the wooden huts before the birds would start to orient. And it took us a long time to get to the bottom of that, um, but it really is that man-made electromagnetic fields prevent the birds using their compass in the, the testing huts. So what we'd like to do is to understand where that comes from, because these are incredibly weak um, magnetic fields. And it's really difficult to understand how that could disrupt a major sensory mechanism in a higher vertebrate. And my feeling is that if we can get to the bottom of that, we'll either learn a lot about how the compass works and why it's so sensitive, or we'll learn a lot about some other aspect of bird physiology, which I think will be equally fascinating. Understanding why this is happening is important also because nobody really knows what impact it's having on a bird's ability to migrate. It could be nothing, 
but it might not be. Well, we really don't know. Um, For sure, songbird populations have been declining in recent years, and no doubt there are all sorts of reasons for that, Um, farming practices and um, so on. Uh, So it could be that this is an extra factor. I think it would be very difficult to pin it down. It may be that the birds now don't fly so much over large cities. Maybe they fly high enough that this isn't a problem. But um, potentially... It could be an issue. That's all for this week's Physics Central podcast. You can find more of our podcasts, blog posts, resources, and so much more at www.physicscentral.com. Thanks for listening.